Alright, and we're back. Uh, this is Adam and Maddie with a couple of crazies uh, for episode two. Maddie, you want to give us a little bit of a catch up from the last time we spoke? Absolutely. Oh my goodness. I mean, I just have to say a lot of shit has gone down since we last spoke. I mean, it has been a dramatic couple of weeks. So our first episode um, was right after the win over Bellarmine, um, which was December 4th. Today is what, the 17th? And it has been wild. So first we start out with game postponements. We come off of the Bellarmine win, feeling good. We've seen some promise out of Mark Williams, who maybe can control his big man limbs. And we're excited (laughs) about DJ Stewart. We're feeling good. Elon gets postponed due to COVID concerns, COVID issues. Then Duke plays Illinois and they get crushed, which was just brutal to watch. The most frustrating kind of game as a fan. Um, And in the post-game press conference, Coach K is asked about whether college basketball should be played right now, like given, you know, everything is escalating, the numbers are the worst that they've been with COVID stuff. So, you know, what are his thoughts? And let's pause on this for a second because there was a whole lot of drama and a a whole lot of Twitter fighting amongst all of the fans and all of the sports. Let's talk about this for a minute. So Coach K is asked if they should be playing. Um, and he says, you know, it's a little interesting. I think strange maybe was was the word that he used. It's a little strange to be playing right now. It's like people are dying. The country's in crisis. And you've got kids, like they're 18-year-old kids who are playing college basketball. And the decision to play was made over the summer. A lot of time has passed. And no one could have known that things would be as bad as they are right now back then. So just given that it's a different spot, should a different decision be made? You know, begging the question. And he even says in this interview, people are going to say I'm making excuses here. Let's let's play this clip because he says it himself. But look, I know somebody will take what I'm saying tonight and make it like I'm making excuses. I hope I, I don't I don't make excuses. We're you know, we're we need to get a lot better for the good of the game and the good of the, the safety and the mental and physical health of our players and staff and whatever. So so that's somebody who, of course, said something is uh, none other than Nate Oates uh, of Alabama, uh, the head coach there. Uh, he had something to say, of course. Who's apparently in the business of commenting on Duke basketball, which ooh, just hold me back. But let's hear what he had to say and, and then let's really dig into this. Can I ask you something? I just want to know your opinion. Do you think if Coach K hadn't lost the two non-conference games at home, if he'd still be saying that? Probably not. Okay. That's, I just wanted you to say it, not me. So, I uh, look, here's here's my deal. He on. goes on to say a lot more about his feelings of COVID in general. And, of course, he lets everybody know that he himself got COVID and kind of implied that, you know, wasn't a big deal and, and the players should just – you know, work through it and we need basketball. And he very made his opinion very clear. So look, I'm as happy as the next person that after nine months of sitting in this apartment, you know, look, we're lucky to have each other. We're lucky that we are locked down in here together, but we are at the podcast point of quarantine people. I mean, we have done the puzzles. We have done the crosswords, the online scrabble. We've been in this apartment a long time. I am thrilled to sit down in front of the TV scream at my TV and upset the neighbors and watch Duke basketball. That being said, I miss my mom and I'm across the same city from her and I am 28 years old. I can't even imagine what it would feel like to be 17, 18, 19, locked up in a bubble doing homeschooling over Zoom with tutors so that I can play unpaid for my school. Yeah, I mean, when you're 18 years old, if you put yourself back in uh, 
you know, your freshman year of college, you know, you miss your family, you miss your hometown, you miss things that you grew up with every day, you knew nothing else. And these kids aren't getting the typical college experience that they usually would. They're in a hotel room. Uh, and first of all, they've been here for a lot longer than, a, you know, a typical freshman uh, with, with camp in the summer. So, uh, you know, I, I totally understand where Coach K is coming from and, uh, and get the concern. And I just, in my heart of hearts, I believe that Coach K fundamentally cares about his players. I think he invests in them. He's He and his family have invested decades, their soul, in this program. And I also think this is a man who has won a lot of games. He has also lost plenty of games, big games, tough games, games against UNC at Chapel Hill with everyone screaming in their face. I mean, they have lost heartbreakers of games. They have lost in national championship games, in ACC tournament championship games. I mean, they know, he knows what it is to lose. This Illinois game was not like life on the line. All he was saying was that, you know, it's a little bit strange to be playing college basketball at the height of a pandemic. And so uh, as for Nate Oates, I really don't have a whole lot more to say. I think he should keep his focus on his unranked basketball program and let Alabama keep their commentary on football. That would be my personal preference. Thank you very much. Well, yeah, I mean, to be fair, he has reached out to Coach K, um, apologized publicly. Um, you know, I don't know how sincere it is. It sounds like they had a good conversation. Coach K, the, the, the great guy that he is, returned the call. They spoke. Um, he is a generous, a more generous man than I would be in his shoes. I give it an air quotes apology at best, but Coach K is by far, you know, the bigger man in that way. And they apparently had, you know, a perfectly fine conversation, buried the hatchet um, and moved on because there are so many bigger, better, more important things to focus on than Nate Oates' feelings about um, Coach K's postgame conference. So moving right along from that. So all of this being said, obviously there's, a lot of concern in so many different ways about the impact of COVID on the season, on these programs. Um, and so Duke announces that they're going to cancel the rest of their non-conference schedule. So it's three games, the previously postponed and rescheduled Gardner-Webb game, uh, the Elon game, and Charleston Southern. And the purpose of that's really that it opens up enough of a gap in their schedule that the guys can go home for a few days before Christmas. So they have enough time to go home, see family they haven't seen in months for a few days, they can't even be there, you know, on, on Christmas Day because they have to come back and quarantine to get back, get safe and, and be ready for their next game against Pitt in a couple of weeks. But at least they'll have that time. So as we said, drama, drama, drama. It's been a weird year. So I guess it is just fitting that it's been a bit of a, a rocky and weird start to the season. Um, I so mean, it's been the case in every sport. And, you know, I, I agree with it. It's, it's limiting the risk, really. Uh, these aren't conference games. Um, you know, they're not selling tickets. There's no, there's, there's no real reason why they have to get these games played. So I'm, I'm definitely on board and I, I, I'm, I think it might recharge and re-energize the players to get to go home, see their families. Uh, I think the team needs a little bit of a, you know, a wake up. Um, and so maybe that could serve as that wake up. I totally agree. And I just think that, you know, the most frustrating thing as a fan is when you're sitting on your couch yelling at the TV and you get the sense that maybe you care more in that moment than some of the players you're seeing on the court. Like you're pissed, you're, you're, you know, throwing the remote. Now I'm not saying Adam's ever been one to punch a pillow, but if he was, it might happen on occasion during a loss like that Illinois one. But, you know, you just want to feel like they are as hungry for the win as you are. They want it as much as you do. Um, and they seem 
have seemed a little out of sorts, maybe a little fried. And, you know, as Adam said, they have been through camps and everything. They've been on campus and training and practicing together for a lot longer than we've been watching them on TV. So we just have to remember it's a long road and a complicated year. So to start us off on a difficult topic, Ad, why don't you tell us about the Illinois loss? You know, with all that said, you know, to be fair, you know, most schools are in a similar boat. Illinois, you know, have has been playing too. They've had some nice wins. Yeah. Um, and this was, you know, not the same Illinois team that we've seen um, over the past five to ten years. They're definitely a contender this year, and they showed Duke uh, why that is the case. <laughs> you know, they kind of took the lead early in the game and really never looked back. Um, you know, in the past couple of years watching Duke, you kind of always get that sense that Duke's not out of it. They're going to make that run, um, especially if it's in Cameron. Um, of course, this year with no fans, it really doesn't make a difference where they are. Um, but they really never could, you know, kind of get over that hump. They took, they, they were down by 15, 17 at some points, um, got the lead within, you know, eight or nine, but really couldn't ever get it any closer than that. Uh, and, and the real problem was turnovers. Uh, the team had 12 turnovers. Uh, DJ Stewart led them with five. Um, you know, and Jalen didn't, he got in foul trouble again, uh, the second straight game that he played. Um, Hurt is definitely, you know, has made himself the clear offensive scorer on this team, a combination between Matthew Hurt and uh, DJ Stewart. Um, and I know that, you know, Maddie will go over this in a bit, but now that Jalen's out with a foot injury, um, they're going to need to get some offense from other people. Um, so it'll be very interesting to see where that's going to come from. Uh, you know, we got some to see some more time from Mark Williams. He had to, to defend... Um, Coburn, uh, I, I question the, the pronunciation of his last name. Um, you guys can all just read it out uh, and, and make that decision for yourself. But Mark Williams did get in the game. Uh, we had a, a little bit of a disappointing game from, you know, the usuals, right? Uh, Wendell Moore had another really just absolutely disappointing game. He's not starting anymore, didn't score, um, and, and continued to turn the ball over in limited minutes. So, Overall, it was just a very, you know, Roach was the only positive in the game. He showed some signs. Um, he had seven assists and 13 points um, and didn't really turn the ball over uh, actually once. So there's some there were some positives in the game, but overall just a very frustrating game to watch. And what I really felt on that one, too, was a lack of leadership. Like, it's not clear to me looking at this team yet who the person is or when they're losing, they're feeling defeated, they're struggling. Who is going to put this team on their back and get everyone pumped up and get their heads back in the game? You don't have a tray. I was missing tray. I needed tray. So yeah. we have to figure out who that person's going to be because it can't just be, you know, as we'll get into Jalen's foot, whatever. It can't just be about having Jalen on the court. It's like, where is the leadership, even if it's not just a matter of, you know, who's scoring points, but who is rallying the team, who's getting the team focused and back in the game when you know, they've fallen behind since there've been plenty of seasons where Duke is a second half team. Sometimes the first half is a little bit shaky and then they come out from halftime and just crush the team. Like they never see it coming. That requires a kind of energy and focus and a leadership that in that Illinois game, we were just really lacking. Totally. I mean, we've seen, I've seen, you know, some growth with Goldwire um, and Brakefield has been pleasant to watch, but you know, they're really lacking, especially in the Illinois game. They, they couldn't really hit a three. They were 5 of 22. 
Uh, the free throws continue to be a problem. They were 9 of 16. Uh, you, you just need to have those points to have to mount a comeback in these types of games. But, you know, they moved on. And, um, you know, last night they took on Notre Dame for the first game in the ACC play this year. And, you know, from the, from the tip, it was a much more positive game. What was your opinion on last night's game, Maddie? Well, it was exciting to see ACC play start, just the whole atmosphere. I mean, obviously, no fans in the stands. They were away for the first time in a long time. You know, they'd been in Cameron, where now they have banners of their fans instead of having the crazies themselves. But we had Dickie V yelling at us about the diaper dandies, which just gets me into the game. So you had a good atmosphere, good energy. Um, and I really felt like that was reflected in the game. We saw some real... Signs of promise uh, from Roach. Again, Breakfield, who I'm just, I'm into Breakfield. You have to tell us what you think about that. But he's shooting, shooting well, drew a nice charge. I'm just, I'm excited about him. I feel like he's got good potential there. Yeah, the special thing about last night's game, and I guess I would say the, the more unique kind of Duke basketball that we've seen over the last couple of years was they really spread out the points. Um, everyone kind of, you know, played their 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 role. Um Patrick Tapay actually made the start, didn't play much besides for a few minutes in the, the beginning of each half. Um, but Matthew Hurt, again, led the way with 18 points. But right behind him was DJ Stewart with 16. Uh, Jeremy Roach had 14 points and Brakefield had 10. And they were all pretty efficient um, from the field. Um, and and the free throws, they were 5 of 5 from, from the line. So that was really, really great to see. Uh, along with some good minutes from Goldwire. Uh, Baker had a couple of nice offensive plays. He always seems to take a couple big charges. Uh, Mark Williams got in the game with a couple nice um, floaters and, and uh, seemed like he was knew what he was doing a little bit more there. So it was definitely an encouraging game. The one thing that remains is the terrible play of Wendell Moore Jr., who I'm getting um, a little less patient with. He's not starting. He's He played only nine minutes. Um, and Maddie's got an interesting stat to share with the group here. So all night long last, last night we're watching, in total, there are nine players who are on the court for Duke. Eight of them scored, which is great. As you spoke about depth, which has been a struggle for this team, it's great to see eight different players contributing points. Excellent. Do you know who that ninth player was, Adam, who did not score any points? Uh, it was Wendell, and so it's a second straight game with zero points. He's just... I don't remember a player of the caliber. This is a McDonald's All-American who's just struggled this mightily this year. Not only did he not score, he also had two turnovers last night in only nine minutes, which led the team in turnovers. Um, just this year has just been terrible so far. He's he's shot 32 times, only made seven shots. Uh, he's one for nine from three-point range, and he's turned the ball over 10 times. It's just putrid numbers um and he needs to really turn it around uh because he could really he really was going into the season looking at him as one of the potential leaders and top scorers and overall just best players on this team uh you know this is the kind of guy that if not for other top talent might have went to go to the draft in, in the nba after one year um so I, I kind of see this potentially as being in his own head um I know we mentioned it last time, a Jack White situation where it's a long period of time of not playing well. He had one good drive last night that it was a tough layup that he couldn't finish. But other than that, he really is, you know, not doing much. And when he is, he's kind of seemingly always 
the play always end in points for the other team, which is not what you're going for. That is never what you never what you want to see. But maybe, you know, maybe this time at home or a little bit of a, a reset will be a positive thing for him. Hopefully come back with some good energy because, I mean, that was game one of a long and tough ACC schedule. Their next game is coming up against Pitt on December 29th. So they'll get through time at home. They'll get through Christmas um, before we play again. But Pitt always pulls at the heartstrings ever since Capel left. So, you know, that's an emotional one for Coach K. He's always pumped up for that game, which makes me pumped up for that game. So it'll be exciting to see how they come out of that time off. Um, And then they go um, up against Florida State, BC. So they've got a, a busy schedule heading into 2021. Yeah, so the Pitt game is at home. Uh, where they've played most of their games this season. Then they travel to Florida State, which I'm interested. Does Florida State have fans? I think that they might be having some fans. Some schools in Florida do. it. They might. Yeah, and then they got BC and Wake. Um, so, you know, they're they're in full swing, uh, although they do have a good break until their game against Pitt, which is not until December 29th. So we have a, a little bit of a lull here. Um but, you know, I guess that's a, a, a good time for Jalen to be out, right? I mean, let him recover. I think that there are conflicting reports to how serious the foot injury is. Um, and we'll have to just, you know, think good thoughts for him and hopefully he get back on the floor soon because I do think Duke needs them if they're going to compete this year. Absolutely. Thinking good thoughts for a speedy recovery from him. Hopefully most of the time that... uh. He's down, will be time off and at home with his family anyway. I'll stay off of that foot and be back on the court as soon as possible. But uh, I think that that is all that we have for today, which means that we just have to wish everyone a very Merry Christmas. Um, and we will be back after that pit game to talk about how uh, Capel's team holds up against the Blue Devils. Yeah, so with that said, definitely happy holidays. I hope everyone gives us a follow on Instagram. You could find us at a couple of crazies, crazies with a K. Um, and, uh, you know, follow us on Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts, tell your friends, and we will see you, uh, after the game against Pitt. Have a good one, guys. <laughs>